defining what this this great character trait is. What does it mean when it says blessed are the pure in heart? So this morning we're just going to define what it means to be pure in heart and we're going to start by talking about what it doesn't mean. Alright, so let's just jump in with both feet. To be pure in heart, when we say um, pure in heart we're not talking about a matter of intellect or understanding. That's the first thing you need to know. When we talk about being pure in heart, we're not talking about a matter of intellect or a matter of understanding and that should serve as reminder to us today, the Christian life, our faith, isn't just a matter of theology and doctrine. I want you to hear that again. Our, our faith is not just a matter of theology and, and, and doctrine. Ultimately, it's about a condition of the heart. Now, now, now hear me. Doctrine's important. In fact, James warns us. He says that we need to test the spirits because there are many spirits out there that are not from God. James goes on and says, listen, there's a lot of false prophets in the world today. He says there's a lot of bad theology. So I need you to hear me. Intellect and and, and good theology is extremely important. Sound doctrine is important, but it's not enough. Sound doctrine is important, but it's not enough. That's not point of Scripture. The aim of Scripture is always a transformation of the heart. You might want to write that down. The aim of Scripture is always a transformation of the heart. Old Testament and New Testament, it has always been a transformation of the heart. Okay, number two. Number two. We talk about being pure in heart. We're not talking about a matter of conduct or external behavior. Okay, Baptist, you hearing me? Come on, how many of you are lifelong Baptists, right? Been a Baptist since you were born, you are born on a cradle roll? That's not me, I, I wasn't saved until I was 20, so I was a nothing. Okay, whatever. Um, now, and here's why I say this, if you go to church here, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to speak the truth, and, and, and we're, we're thoroughly Baptist, but it's thoroughly Baptist church, we're going to tell you, 50s, 60s, and 70s, the Baptist church focused on the external. They, 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 they focused on, on conduct. And, and it, it was so detrimental to our denomination that still today we have trouble getting people through the doors. Because we focus so much on conduct that we actually started teaching and touting things that weren't found in Scripture. And, and so you know, I, I tell people, I, I had a great conversation with a man a couple of months ago, and he wanted to come to our church. And he said, but pastor, can I tell you what, what, what I don't like about your church? And he'd never been before. And I'm thinking, oh boy, here it comes. Right? Is it going to be because you jump off the stage and you dance and you hoot and you holler? I, I, I thought that was coming. It didn't. But he said, my, my problem is that, that y'all say that nobody can drink. And I go, whoa, wait a second. You're thinking about Baptist in general. See, we're a, we're a Bible Baptist church. <laughs> and, and I say, what we're doing is, is we're going back to the heart of Scripture. We're not going to add to the commandments of Christ. And here's what Scripture says, sir. Scripture says you shouldn't get drunk. And that's what we're going to teach. It's okay if you drink, as long as you drink under the spirit of self-control, all right? And so so we taught that, and he kind of looked at me, dumbfounded, like, really? And you're Baptist? I was like, yeah, we're really Baptist. 
And, and, and hear me, this is why it's so important, because guys, as Baptists, we, we, we have great doctrine. We have sound theology. We don't baptize somebody as an infant because it's not in Scripture. We only baptize somebody after they're saved because that's the only thing you find in Scripture. We baptize by immersion because the word baptize literally means to sink a ship. It means to immerse. And so that's why we do that that way. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. But hear me. We've got to lift up that good stuff and we've got to stop talking about that other stuff. All right? And and so I want you to hear me this morning. When we talk about being pure in heart, we're not talking about a matter of conduct or external behavior. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 23.
if you're the pastor, you know you're going to Amos and you find it, you can flip to it. What? Uh, that's what that little thing's for. I, that was the one I knew that I was going to make this Amos. All right, Amos chapter 5. Amos chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 21. And I, I, again, I want you to understand there's a very big difference between ritual purity and true purity of the heart. And I want you to hear what God says. Now, this is the God, guys. Same God, Old Testament, New. Everybody says, but God is a God of love. Yes, He is. He's also a, a just God. Here's the whole picture of God. Ready? Amos chapter 5, verse 21. God speaking says, I hate. It's possible for God to hate. Yeah. Ready? God says, I hate. I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. He said, they smell bad to me. I, I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your hearts, but let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings 40 years in the desert, O house of Israel? You have lifted up the shrine of your king, the pedestal of your idols, the star of your God. What is God saying? God is saying, I don't want your ritual. I want your heart. You see, the Israelites had bowed down to everything and anything but God. But they were still going through the motions of worshiping God. And God says, I'd rather you just not show up. That's what he said. I'd rather you just not come. I'd rather you just not sing. I'd rather you just not give. I'd rather you just not show up. It makes me sick. Wow. I told you we're going to be surfing a little bit. 
world and all who live in it. He founded it upon the seas and he established it upon the waters. Get this, verse 3, ready? So he says, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And then he says, who may stand in this holy place? He's saying God is holy. God, that means God is perfect. So David is literally answering, who can be in God's presence? Who can be in the presence of a perfect God, right? And, and then he goes on and he answers it. He says, he who has clean hands and what? A pure heart. He who has clean, clean hands and a pure heart who doesn't lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is called. So how can we enter into the presence of God? By having a pure heart. Now, the only thing is that's a problem for us. Let me show you why. Jeremiah chapter 17. Just keep turning. You're going to find it. Jeremiah chapter 17. problem with, with us having a pure heart. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. And this is what the prophet says. He says, heart is deceitful above all things. Ready? Wait, wait, wait. How, how can we see God? How can we see God? How can we go up on this hill? Ready? you got to have a pure heart. Okay, Jeremiah, what, what is that about? Jeremiah says, the heart's deceitful above all else. It's beyond cure. Problem. Wait, wait a second. So, so God made us and He wants us to be with Him, but He is holy. He is He's actually holy, 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 which is perfect, perfect, perfect. So God is, is perfect, and yet our hearts are filled with sin. From, from our thoughts comes forth all this evil, right? So we have this great problem. There's a huge difference between having a pure heart and being who we are. So Scripture says, 
Bible teaches us is the heart is the seat of all of our trouble. The heart. We just read that in Mark chapter chapter 7. What comes out of a man's heart is what makes him unclean. And so I ask you this question this morning. What do you struggle with? What do you struggle with? What, what, what are your troubles? Is it your thought life? Man, is it sexual immorality? Is it, is it theft? Is it lying? Is it anger? Is it murder? Guess what? Those are all heart issues. Is it, is it adultery? Because that's a heart issue. Is it greed? That's an issue of your heart. Is it, is it deceit? Is it envy? Is it arrogance? That's all heart issues. Do you covet what others have? That's a heart issue. Because you feel like you don't have enough. Because God hasn't blessed you like He's blessed others. That's a problem with your heart. Are you a gossip? Guess what? That, that's not a problem with your mouth. That's a problem with your heart. Right? That, that, it's all heart issues. All of our troubles come from within our hearts. Are you a complainer? Ooh, it's all about your heart. It's all about your heart. You wonder why life swallowed you up. It may be because you're a complainer. It happened in the Old Testament. I'm just saying. The heart is the seat of all of our troubles. All of our troubles come from the same place. They come from within us. Now, hear me now. I don't mean to offend you, but I may. Okay? This is my disclaimer. Some of you walked through those doors, and, and you honestly believe this morning when you walked in that your problem wasn't your heart. Your problem was your mama didn't cuddle you enough. Your daddy spanked you with a belt. Right? You had chores and you didn't get paid. That was your problem. Your problem is that boss of yours. That boss of yours fired you. Man, that boss is terrible. It doesn't matter that you, you know, walk around in a sales pace at work and they're paying you a lot of money for it. Hey, that's, that's their fault, right? Your, your problem is, is that you don't have enough, that God hasn't gifted you enough. So really, your problem is that it's His problem, right? And so we live in this society today where everything, everything is somebody else's problem. Right? Everything that we have is somebody else's problem. Well, if, if, if I had a better job, I'd have more money. And if I had more money, I wouldn't be in debt. Well, guess what? If you spent within the amount of money you earned, you wouldn't be in debt. It's a heart problem. That's your problem. Right? You say, what? Well, it's, it's my parents' problem. I inherited these genes, and I'm so big-boned. Well, you can be big-boned without being fat, man. Your problem isn't that you're big bone. Your problem is that you eat more than you exercise. That's the problem. That is my problem. Okay? I'm the same way. I've been getting on the scale for three weeks. I'm trying to drop a few pounds. I keep getting on. I'm going, I'm not losing any weight. Well, because you're drinking Dr. Pepper and eating candy, you idiot. All right? Thank you, Easter. I just got done with Halloween stuff. I've got a whole nother bowl full of candy. Good golly, it never is. Listen, but my problem's not the people that push Easter candy on me. That's not why I'm a candyaholic. I'm a candyaholic because in my heart I crave sugar. It's my problem. And when you came through those doors this morning, and if you came through and you were pointing the finger at anybody else, here's my hope this morning. Would you understand that your trouble is your trouble because it comes from deep within? 
from the depths of your heart, you really do crave sin. And until you can admit that, you can't handle the gospel. Until you can admit that, you're not prepared to fully follow Jesus. But if you can admit that, man, God will unlock some doors and you're going to see some great spiritual stuff happen in your life. But you've got to start there. Number three, we can get rid of clocks and make me more comfortable. All right? Here we go. Number three, it's important because only the pure in heart will see God. Only the pure in heart will see God. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Since Adam and Eve, the greatest desire of mankind has been to see God. That's it. The Bible says that God has planted eternity within the hearts of men. And you look at our world today, and some people try to see God by sitting under a tree and, 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 and getting themselves to, to this state of nothingness where they're literally thinking about nothing and somehow they're supposed to see God, right? Some people are trying to see God by, by praying over a bunch of beads till their fingers bleed and lighting as many candles and going to confession. Some people are trying that, right? Some people are, are trying to walk little old lady across the street and give all their money away because they, they want to see God. They're working and working and striving because they long to see God. But here, only the pure in heart. Moses wanted to see God. You know, that was the greatest cry of his heart. He says, God, I just want to see you. And, and you got to understand who Moses was. God spoke to Moses like, like someone would speak to a friend. They, the Bible says face to face. He wasn't seeing God's face, but he was talking to him like, like you talk to a friend, like you would talk to him face to face. Moses had great intimacy with God. And so he says, listen, God, I just want to see you. I want to see your glory. Please, God, show me your glory. God said, Moses, you can't handle my face. Moses, I'm telling you right now, if you saw all of my glory, you'd die. God, I want to see your glory. So God said, listen, here's what you can handle. You can handle my backside, okay? I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock, and I'll pass by. And when I pass by, after I'm past you, I'll call out, and only then should you look upon me, or you will die. And he looks upon him, and he just sees a glimpse of, of God's glorious, well, whew, he's overwhelmed. He is overwhelmed. Here's what the Bible says about you. One day, one day, because of Jesus, because of Jesus, one day we will stand in the presence of God.
said, go and make disciples. He didn't say, go and hide in a cave. And, and hear me, church, today, we have stepped back from society. 